0: Happy Easter! <laughs> Isn't it great to uh, be together today to celebrate the resurrection? It's, it's Super Bowl Sunday for us Christians who believe in Jesus Christ. It's, it's the greatest event in history. We've been in a series for the last seven weeks on the I Am Statement. So if you're visiting with us, we, we've been just taking these seven statements found in the book of John who Jesus declared that he was concerning himself. And today we're concluding it with John 11, chapter 25, where he declared, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die, will never die. I don't know if you guys have been watching March Madness. It is the greatest month on the it's like the resurrection and then March madness it's you know it's like really close and and if you don't know about it it's 68 teams 67 games over the span of three weekends single elimination tournament where tomorrow night they will crown the NCAA 2018 champion and it's just a lot of fun uh, the the buzzer beaters the bracket busters if your bracket is still intact you know nothing about college basketball. You, all you did was you just picked the colors you liked, and uh, that's the only way. But, but, but one of my favorite games, my all-time remembrance of the March Madness, was when Duke was playing Kentucky in 1992. And uh, Duke rushed out to an early lead, and then Kentucky stormed back. And with 2.1 seconds to go, Kentucky was up by one point. And Duke was taking the ball out of bounds underneath their basket. So they had 94 feet to go to score. And, and, I mean, that in all purposes, it's over. 2.1 seconds, 94 feet, there's no way. Kentucky's band is warming up. I mean, the kids are ready to storm the court. It's over. It is over until Grant Hill takes the ball and he throws a baseball pass, 84 feet. Christian Leitner catches at the free throw line. Is this boring you? Do you mind? Takes one dribble, turns away, hits a fadeaway shot, and the ball goes through the basket. And what, what Kentucky thought was over was not over, even when it's over. I know I've not done a good job describing it, so I want to show it to you. <laughs> this will change your life. Watch this. A quick pass to half court and call a quick timeout so they can get in better shooting range. There's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Yes! I I ought to stop and have an altar call right now. I think there'll be more people get saved for that. But but, uh, you know there is a theme throughout Scripture that kind of relates to this, that it's not over even when it's over. There's multiple, multiple stories of that theme just thread all throughout Scripture. You remember the the Israelites were in slavery to the Egyptians for 400 years. And by all means, by all accounts, it was over for them as a people. There was no hope. I mean, 16-hour days of forced labor. There was no getting through it. There was no getting around it. Until Moses comes on the scene, God Pick this fella out, not a super spiritual saint, just a guy, a lot like you and I, but just had a heart for God. And, 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 he, and he uses him to show Pharaoh 10 plagues. And finally, after the 10th plague, Pharaoh goes, okay, get out of here. Go and worship your God. You, you, you're free to go. And, and, and they take Moses gets these, by then it's millions of Israelites, and they get these millions of people, and they, they start marching out of Egypt into the promised land, into the, into the preferred future that God had for them, and they get to the Red Sea. The Red Sea is 220 miles across at its largest point. The average depth is 1,000 feet. I mean, it's over. The Egyptians are coming up behind them. The Red Sea is before them. There's no, they're not going back to Egypt as slaves. They're going back to Egypt in body bags. Until Moses and that rod, he stretches out that rod. God, by his power, breathes on that sea. It splits open. It makes way for millions of Israelites to walk into their divine destiny in the name of God. It's not over even when it's over. I I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what you're up against today. I don't know what the odds say for you today. But it is not over even when it's over it's over. There was a lady in scripture who was caught in the very act of adultery. And, and many of you have heard this story probably several times. But will you relive it and act like this is the first time and, and, and act like you even enjoy it? No, it, just relive it and, and, and capture it and try to put yourself in this situation. But she's drugged out by a bunch of hostile uh, religious men, thrown to the feet of Jesus, uh, uh, just disheveled out of wax, She's been caught. I mean, she's the shame, the disgrace. Her life is over, as she knows it. I mean, when she goes to Kroger, everybody's going to be talking about her. When she stops to get gas, everybody, oh, there's that lady. There's that one that they drug out. Her life is over. Her relationship with her, it was adultery, so she was married. It's over. I mean, she's already ruined another family. It's over. Everything's over. And, and there's a crowd that's gathered. And they throw her at the feet of Jesus. It was really intended to trap him. And, and, and if he says she's guilty, then he breaks his word that he's not come to condemn the world, but through him the world might be saved. And if, and if, he, says, and, and if she, he says she's innocent, then he breaks the law of Moses. And so he's kind of in this quandary. And so he bends over and he starts riding in the ground, in the sand. And, and, and then, he, then he starts talking, whoever is without sin, cast the first stone. And these men that have drugged this lady out, they start, they start thinking, and, and, and the youngest start looking to the oldest, and the oldest start looking in their hearts, and they start dropping their stones one by one, and they walk away. And, and Jesus says, where are your accusers? I don't know. They're not, they're not here anymore. Well, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. For, by all accounts, that woman's life was over, but, but when the resurrection and the life gets involved, it's not over. A life a life filled with stain, with sin and shame and regret is not over even when it appears to be over. There, there are many of us in this room, myself included, that have made bad decisions and poor choices and were headed down the wrong road, and we were bound in shame and regret and remorse but by the grace and the goodness of God it it wasn't he lifted us up he he forgave our sins he he crowned us with his love and compassion he chased his he chased us down not with his judgment and wrath but with his mercy and his love and he revealed to us his heart and when we thought it was over it wasn't over because God's grace is able to change everything he is the resurrection and the life it's not over even when it's over you know, there's another story in the Gospels of a lady that had a bleeding issue for 12 years. For 12 years, she bled, and in any culture, in any age, that's bad. But in that day, for a lady to bleed, she was declared unclean. So that means she wasn't welcomed to church. She wasn't welcomed at her kids' plays at school. She couldn't go to their sporting events. She could not be around other people. When she got close to people, she had to to yell, unclean, unclean. I mean, it was ostracizing. It was humiliating. It it was was debilitating. Everything that you could think, it's over for that woman. It's over. And she's been to every doctor and can't get well. She's tried every remedy and it doesn't do anything but, but, but make it worse. And so not only is she living in a broke body, but her bank account's broke. She's went through all her money. And Jesus is walking through town. And he's on his way to Jairus' house. Jairus is the most important man of the city. And, and, and this lady, I don't have any clout. I don't have any friends. I don't have any money. I'm out of hope. But maybe I can just touch Jesus. Maybe I can get close enough to him where he'll heal me. And sure enough, she pushes through the crowds. And she grabs a hold of the hem of his garment. And Mark records two things. They're only recorded. These are the only time you'll see these in Scripture. Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? I just felt healing go through my body. And the, and the, and the woman, I feel like, I think, we, we don't know the details, but I think kind of cowardly, kind of a little bit afraid. She wasn't even supposed to be there. It was me. It, it was me, Jesus. I touched you. And he said, daughter, only time in Scripture you'll see Jesus calling anybody daughter. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Not only did Jesus heal her body, he healed her heart. When was the last time she'd heard words of of affection, words of affirmation, words of love, words of words of value, words of significance? Jesus because because that's what he does. It's not over even when it appears to be over. You're you're you're, you're you've been given a negative report by the doctor. I I'm I'm Jesus is able to do above and beyond what we ask, think, or imagine. You're in a, you're in a place today where you, you feel like very much less than. It is not over even when it's over. In our text today where we, where we even get this, I am the resurrection and the life. It's centered around this guy by the name of Lazarus. Lazarus was Jesus' friend and, and he died. And, and Jesus was, he wasn't a long way away, just miles away but he chose not to come come to Lazarus for four days. They sent word to him, your, your friend Lazarus is sick. Well, I'm not going just yet. They sent word, your friend Lazarus has died. Well, I'm not, just, I'm not going just yet. For four days he waited. On the fourth day, he, he makes it to the tomb. And, and, and the King James says, by, by that time, his body stinketh. That's a holy stink. That's like beyond stink. That stinketh, that stinketh. That's, that's out there. That's gone. And so Jesus says, okay, roll away the stone. And everybody's like, no, 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 no. Jesus, you don't understand. He's been dead for four days. He stinks. Roll away the stone. If Jesus, you don't understand. His body has already started to decay. We don't want to see him like that. We want to remember the Lazarus we knew when he walked on the earth roll away the stone. Jesus, if you would have been here four days ago, this wouldn't even been an issue. Lazarus didn't have to die. Where were you? Roll away the stone. They finally roll away the stone. And Jesus, the Bible says with a loud voice, declares, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus stands up and he's in his grave clothes. And Jesus says, take off the grave clothes and let him go. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by, by believing in me will never die. It's not over, even when it's over. I did a funeral several years now back, and, and it was, many of you guys know Mark Mason. He's a part of our church, and, and uh, you've seen him. And I did, said that in second service, and they, they were like, Mark Mason died. No, not Mark Mason. It was his brother, and it was uh, several years ago, and, and uh, he was, both of them grew up with an absentee father. The most of their childhood, their dad was in jail. Andrew decided, he, he was a rebellious teenager. As a young adult, got addicted to drugs and alcohol, couldn't keep a job, was really headed down the wrong path, and he was going there fast. At 23 years old, Mark invites him to church, and and he starts coming to church, and, and he found what he was looking for for 23 years. He didn't know it, but he found a relationship with Jesus Christ, and it changed his life. It drastically turned that boy upside down. I mean, the old Andrew and the new Andrew were, were total opposites. He got delivered from drugs, alcohol, got a job, was, was really just, I mean, making, just making some great, started to to worship, to play drums and the praise man and was really connected to the church and was doing some great things for God. And and at 28 years old, he opened the door to a man with a gun uh, ready there to rob him. And, and, and he, and he shot him and he killed him. And, and, and I had to, I had to do that funeral. and, and, And you say, it's over. And my response is, is it? The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Is it, is it over? I'm, I don't know if you've ever had to, but I had to try to bring comfort to a mother that that's not, you're not supposed to bury your kid. You're not supposed to bury your son to a brother that was, that was hurting and in pain. But, but this is what I know, and I could say it with confidence and assurance. Because of Christ's sacrifice and because of Andrew's commitment, it's not over even when it's over. Because Jesus is the resurrection and the life, and because Andrew believed in him, He will live even though he died. And he's living because he believed in Jesus Christ. Do you know for us, this life is preparation for the next. The day your heart stops beating will be the end of your body, but it won't be the end of you. The Bible calls your earthly body a tent. It calls your heavenly body a house. Death is not your termination. It's your transition into eternity. You say, well, how does that work? I mean, how when I die, how can I live? You're not making much sense. I don't understand it. 2,000 years ago, God sent his son on a divine mission. And he said, I want you to go to, I want you to, go to earth, and, and, and I want you to get those and rescue those who don't know me. I, I want you to come alongside them. I want you to forgive their sin and heal their bodies and encourage their hearts. I want you to secure their futures. And after three years of earthly ministry, Jesus was falsely accused and he was unjustly condemned. And he was unfairly sentenced. And he was beaten to a bloody pulp. He was humiliated publicly and he was made an example of intentionally. And he was crucified between two thieves on a cross as multitude of people stood around waiting for him to die. And while he was on the cross, the scripture declared that several things took place. That the lights went out from 12 to 3. Darkness covered the earth; that the veil was torn from top to bottom, bottom representing that there was now ex- access and and freedom into the presence of God. The earth shook; earth signifies God's uh, earthquake signifies God's wrath. At the cross, the wrath of God was being laid out upon Jesus because of our sin. Dead people were resurrected. The centurion confessed the, the one that was in charge of of of, of of convicting and beating and, and brutalizing Jesus, the one who commanded the soldiers to plug the, the thorn on his head and, and to beat him on his back, that, that the man that he carried his cross up the hill, that mocked him and spit on him and kicked him and, and made fun of him, that said, if you're the son of God, uh, surely you can come down from here. He was the one that drove the beam into the floor, into the, to the, ground, the hole that was built, drove the spikes in his hands. But around that cross, that centurion heard the words of Jesus, Father, forgive forgive him. He experienced the darkness. He experienced the earthquake. He saw the compassion and the love of God, even through the suffering, through the eyes of Christ. And at the end of that event, that centurion confessed, surely you are the Son of God. And when Jesus breathed his last breath, friends scattered and disciples hid. And evil celebrated. And for four, three days, it looked like it was over. But on the third day, there's an empty grave. Jesus resurrected just like he said. Evil had lost its victory. Death lost its sting. The sacrifice was paid. Redemption was secured. Because of the resurrection, it's not over even when it's over. Dead things don't stay dead when the resurrection gets involved. Jesus is not just alive. He's active wanting to change your story. The resurrection is not an event. It's a person. It's just not what he did. It's who he is. He wants to free you today from bondage to to freedom, from shame to hope, from suffering to assurance, from death to life. That's what the resurrection is all about. Jesus said, whoever hears my words and believes him who has sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned." He has crossed over from death to life. You say, pastor, I'm not dead. If spiritually you are apart from God, if you have not not allowed the Lord to deal with your sin issue, the Bible says that spiritually you are dead dead in your trespasses and sins. Well, I don't have a sin issue. Quit fooling yourself. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If, if you don't believe we're born with a sin nature, with a propensity to do wrong, just go back to the nursery for a couple of minutes, and you'll see children fighting over the same toy. Why? Because that's how we're born. That's our nature. That's what we're about. And if we die in that sin, if we don't allow the Lord to deal with that sin, we will be responsible for the wage that that sin demands, which is wrath and punishment and pain. The Bible calls the eternal dwelling for those who don't allow Jesus to deal with that sin. He calls it hell, and Jesus describes it where the worm never dies and the fire is never quenched if you If you want to start a riot, go to a funeral where somebody has died and and tell the truth about their life if if the truth is if i if I were to do a funeral and and there was a guy that 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 was evil and wicked and had no i mean hated his family no good to his wife i mean just no, no, no even inkling that he ever made Jesus his Lord. And if I was to stand up and say, hey, I just want you to know we're celebrating Joker boy and he's hate filled and arrogant and, and he never, he, he never cared for about anybody but himself. And there's no indication that he ever surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And I'm like 99.9% sure that he's in hell right now. If I said that, I better get out of Dodge really quick because I'm about to get stoned. Because we, we have this belief or, or this, this idea or this unwritten rule, this deep-seated idea that everybody goes to a better place. And I just need to tell you on Easter Sunday, I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer. I, I'm trying to lift you, and I know, I know this is a great day, and you got dressed up, and you got your kids here, but, but dead people don't always go to a better place. That might be what we want to believe. That might have a nice ring to it. But it's not true. It's not true for the evil, wicked dude that never repented and turned from his sin. It's not true for your sweet old neighbor that couldn't hurt a fly but never bowed her knee to Jesus. It's not true for the morally upright guy that just happens to be a part of a cult that believes that Jesus and Satan are brothers and God was just a man. It's not true for the sincere Buddhist who, who who graciously and courageously battled cancer without without becoming bitter or hard thanks to his deep trust and his tenets of faith. You say, what kind of church is this and what kind of pastor are you? It's Easter. I'm a pastor that loves you enough to tell you the truth. Not all dead people go to a better place. There, There is an idea. There's an understanding. There is There is a thought that's permeating our culture and our land, and it declares that all religions lead to the same place, that you can live however you want and do whatever you want and accept whatever you want. And we all go to the same heaven, that there's no right religion, that there's no wrong religion. If you believe that, you believe Adolf Hitler and Abraham are in the same place right now. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus wrestled with, with really himself and, and with God. Lord, if there's any way for this cup to pass from me, I know the cross, I know the shame, I know, I know the pain I'm about to bear. I know it was my mission and my purpose, but if there's any other way, God, let this cup pass from me. Not one time, but three times. Let this cup pass from me. And, and, and you know how God responded? He responded with soldiers with torches coming to lead Jesus to his death. I have no respect for a heavenly father if the cross wasn't necessary, if there was another way, if you could, if you could get there through Islam or Hindi or, or or because you're just a good person. I have no respect for a father that would put his son through such cur- cruelty, humiliation, and pain. But if if Jesus is not the only way, the cross was just... Theatric and drama, but but it's not an act of cruelty. It's an act of love because there was no other way. Jesus died. Jesus declared, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me, except through me. That sounds intolerant. That sounds sounds awful negative. It sounds awful uh, narrow-minded. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. And there are not multiple paths. There's one path, and it goes through the cross of Jesus Christ. Salvation is not found in any other name but the name of Jesus. Not Buddha, not Muhammad, not Joseph Smith, not Mary Baker Eddy, not Krishna, not L. Ron Hubbard, not Gandhi, not Abraham, not the Pope, Not Mother Mary, not Mother Mary, not the Dalai Lama. There is no other way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father except through him. Jesus never said he was the best of every way. He said, I'm the only way. And you say, before you say that's intolerant, you know what I say? I'm just grateful he gave us a way that we could say yes to Jesus. You know what? what? He said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me. Whoever makes a step towards me, whoever draws close to me, will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. If you look at the context of the scripture, they were trying to fill the hole in their soul with something else besides Jesus. You know what Jesus is saying? Quit trying to let that, quit trying to get an accolade or a promotion or power or a position or prestige. Quit trying to fill your, the, the need for significance and value and purpose and meaning. Quit trying to fill it with someone or something. Come to me and let me fill it. I can give you. I can fill that hole in your soul because I'm the bread of life. If you'll eat from me, you'll never go hungry again. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, the word follow, it means to come or go after, to shadow, to conform to, to comply with, to abide by, to obey It's not just some mental belief, but if you'll follow me as your light, if you'll obey me, if you'll declare and decide that I have decided to follow Jesus, though none go with me, still I will follow, you'll never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You know why the psalmist psalmist could say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. You know why? Because he came to know the resurrection and the life and he wasn't afraid because he was following the light of the world and he was never going to have to experience eternal darkness and damnation because Jesus, whoever dies, will live. Will live. Here, here's what Jesus said. I started with this. Let me end with this. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me Will never die. And again, the word believes means to believe in such a way that includes trusting him enough to submitting to his lead and, 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 and obeying his commands. I, I mean, I said it earlier, and I, I don't want to sound anything. Some people would even say, man, that's just a message of hate on Easter. You, why would you even talk about hell? Because I don't want you to go there. And you don't have to. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. This week, I've been reminded of the brevity of life. And I know some of you, this is the only chance I'm going to get to tell you this, but life is but a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. We have a family in our church that goes to our Mosley campus, and this week, their 25-year-old son, picture of health, I mean, big, burly, strong dude, he starts having chest pains. They rush him to the hospital. They do emergency surgery, and he never woke up. 25 years old. Well, that just happens to other people. And and, and I'm... I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not. I'm just trying to tell you that the, the reality of life—it's not forever. My my mother-in-law uh, was sick. She's been sick for a while, and 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 she finally made it to a specialist on Thursday. And and they Thursday morning, I mean, she didn't know what was going on. They diagnosed her with acute leukemia. They started 28 days of heavy doses of chemotherapy while she's in isolation. They they've said pretty much you're in a battle. With life, this is life and death. If you recover from this, it's a year-long journey. We, we 20, 27% make it out of this, and that's healthy people. And, and I'm not, again, I'm believing God the healer. I'm believing God's going to say, roll away the stone. But my point is, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We, we don't know. We, we don't know what the future holds. Some of you young people say, well, I got a long time to live. I can make that decision later. You don't know. You don't know what's going to be going on. You, you don't, and, and today you can be secure. You can know that you know you can believe in your Savior. You can know the resurrection and the life. You can, you can, you can know today that, that even, even if you die, you're going to live. And, and I, I want to ask before I close how many would be honest enough to say, I don't know where I'd spend eternity. I don't know. I mean, I've believed God with my mind, but it's never equated into obedience and a commitment to his ways and to his heart. And, and, I, and I just, I want to say to you today, if you'll take a step, if you'll decide to follow, if you choose to believe, Jesus will declare, roll away the stone. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I've done. My, I've done so much bad, my body's stinking. Roll away the stone. Pastor, I've been going this path a long way. I don't know if I can change. Roll away the stone. I don't know. God, I don't know if I can live according to your word. I don't know if I can make it. Roll away the stone. There was a boy a few weeks ago. He started coming to church. He said, I'll start coming, but I'm not giving up my porn. I'm not giving up. Came to church. God started doing things in his life. He told, I was told by his friend last week that, that he, he opened up his porn. And it made him physically sick. And he shut it down. And he couldn't look at it. Roll away the stone. When God starts getting involved, he can change everything. He can change it. If you're, if you're not sure of where you are in Christ today, friend, friend, I mean, I'm, I'm pleading with you. Give your life to Jesus. Surrender your heart to God. He is the only way. Life with Jesus. And I'm not just selling fire insurance today. I'm not trying to just keep you from going to hell. I don't want you to experience hell, but I want you to experience abundant life on earth. I want you to know what it means to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. I want you to know that peace that passes all understanding. I want you to know that God, that all things are working for your good because you love him and are called according to his purpose. I want you to know what it is to get up and be able to say, God is for me. Therefore, no man can be against me. I want you to be able to say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm not just trying to snatch you out of hell. I'm trying to give you abundant life on earth and eternal life in heaven. And your response to it is, it's got to be your response. But with your heads bowed and your eyes shut, Pastor, I need Jesus today. I'm not sure. I'm not confident. My life's not headed in the direction I thought. I, I want to, I want to say, I'm not I'm not just trying to get out of hell. I'm wanna, I want to say today, I want to follow Jesus. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it's going to, but if Jesus thought I was worth dying for, he's worth living for. If he was willing to die on that cross for my sins, I'm ready to give it a shot and commit my life to him. Pastor, will you pray with me? I'd love to. With eyes shut, with heads bowed, will you, will you, will you quickly raise your hand? I just want to know who I'm praying for. I need Jesus today. Thank you. you put it right back down. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I need Jesus today. Thank you. To my right. Thank you, guys. Anybody over here? Hands going up all over the place. To my right. Thank you. Put it right back down. Thank you. You're not just saying. You're saying, Jesus, I want to follow you. Lord, the direction I'm headed is not right. The the path that I've chosen is not leading to what I thought it would. I need you, Jesus. I need your forgiveness and I need your grace. Thank you. You put it right back down. Anybody in the balcony, I need Jesus today. Thank you. Put it right back down. Thank you, guys, for your courage. For for I I I believe the Spirit of God is dealing with your hearts, and you're responding today to the love and the grace of God. You're responding to God's offer to roll away the stone in your life. Will everybody stand to their feet? Everybody, raise your hand or didn't raise your hand. Will you stand to your feet? And, and I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. This is not where it stops, stops, this is where it starts. This is not the end, this is the beginning. It starts with a prayer. It starts with a stepping to. It starts with a moving towards. And this is what I would pray for the sake of those who raise their hand. Will everybody pray this with me? Will will you just pray, Lord Jesus? So come on, everybody pray with me. Lord Jesus, I need you. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. I need your mercy. I believe today. I confess that you're the resurrection. And you're the life. Be my life. If you thought I was worth dying for, you're worth living for. I give you my heart. I surrender my will. I choose today to follow your path. Help me in Jesus name. Lord, I pray for those today that have made a commitment to you. And, and Lord, we we just we just are so grateful for what you're doing in their lives. And I pray right now that you would bear witness with, their, with their, your spirit, bear witness with their spirit that they are children of God. Lord, I pray that you would reveal your love to them. Lord, I thank you that you do not come into the world to condemn us. You did not come to tell us how bad we are or how evil we are, how how short we've fallen. Lord, you've came to the world that through you we might be saved, that we might be offered hope. I come against the voice of the enemy who even now wants to say that was a false, that was just a false commitment. You're not going to change. God doesn't want you. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that they would shut their ear to the enemy and they would hear clearly the voice of the loving living God, speak into their hearts of comfort and grace and peace and strength. God, I pray that, that as we commit to you, we know on this in this world we're going to have tribulation and struggles, but, but I pray for supernatural peace and supernatural joy in the midst of what's going on, God, that we'll look to you and we'll find comfort and grace and strength in your name, in Jesus' name. Look at me, will you? If you said yes to Jesus today. Our mission, our, our vision is to connect people to Christ and move them along in their spiritual journey. We connected you to Christ through that prayer, but it, again, it doesn't end there. It starts there. We want to help you move along in your spiritual journey. We will help you to the degree that you allow us. If you will text, if you'll take your phone and text, decide to 797979. Text decide, 797979. We will send you some information. And again, we're not going to beat you up with stuff. Your response will determine our ability to walk with you. But we want to send you a song list, some of the songs that we sing. We want to send you some links to some devotions, some sermons that we think is important that you hear. We want to get you in in a community of people that, that can help you in your new walk with God. We want to surround you. You're, when you, you just gave your life to Christ, you're like a new baby right now, spiritually. And no new baby would just be thrown out to make it on his own. You weren't created for like that. And if you do that, you're going to die. You're not going to survive. You need the support. You need the love of other brothers and sisters, of other resources and tools that can come alongside and build you up in your newfound faith. And, and if, if you'll allow us, we'll help you along the journey. Decide the 797979. Maybe you're here today and physically you're broke. Bad report, body hurts. You know what my prayer is for you? That because Jesus is the resurrection and the life, that he will declare, roll away the stone, and health and healing will come to your body. Maybe, maybe you're here today and relationally, you, you think, my marriage is over. Friend, it's not over even when it's over. Jesus is able to resurrect a dead body. He can resurrect a dead marriage. He can give you a new love for your spouse, a new commitment to your spouse. He can do what only he can do. Maybe emotionally today, you're, you're just in a dark place. You're, 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 man, there's just no hope. I don't know how I can live. Man, I want to believe, but I, I mean, I'm just in a fog. You know what my prayer is? Roll away the stone, that that fog will be lifted, that the light of God's grace will shine in your heart, and the depression will lift, and God will exchange a spirit of, ha- a spirit of weariness for a spirit of joy today in Jesus' name. I want to pray with you with your heads bowed and your eyes shut one more time. Pastor, I'm in one of those categories. My body, my emotions, my relationships... I just need prayer. Will you just keep your hand up? Lord, I pray for those that have lifted their hands. God, you know their need. You know their situation. You know what they're experiencing. You know what they're in need of. And I pray that by your grace and your goodness, you'll meet them right where they are. Lord, I pray for sick bodies, that they'll be healed. I pray for emotions that, that are just messed up, Lord, that, that they're, they've been overcome by the burdens and the weight of this world. I pray the weight will be lifted even now in the presence of God and that you would shine forth in their situation. Lord, I pray for marriages that have gone gone south lord i pray that again by your grace and your mercy that 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 you would fill our hearts with love and commitment for our spouse and for you god lord we thank you that because of you it's not over even when it's over Lord, we thank you tonight because you're the resurrection and the life. Even when a doctor says something, it's not over because the resurrection can make a difference. When when the counselor says it's over, it's not over because you can make a difference. Lord, I pray that will be the song of our heart. That that message, that word will take deep root in our spirits and it will change us and transform us by your grace and your goodness.